to your seats. I just want to um, welcome you once again to Kids Sunday and tell you how much of a pleasure it is to be up here and uh, speaking with you this morning. And I just want to um, take a quick moment and just want to thank um, all of my coaches and children's ministry staff that are here in the service right now and just tell you how much um, I value you and appreciate all that you do for our kids and just the amazing impact that you make on our kids. Um, it's greatly appreciated. A lot of them went back um, already with our JV kids, and I know that they're having a bundle of fun back there already. So um, as we move on this morning, in children's ministry every August, it's a really busy month for us. Um, we are preparing for the new ministry year. We're ramping up for scrimmage and kids in ministry programming and everything. But the one time that we really enjoy is when we get to celebrate milestones with our kids back there. And one of the areas in August that we really um, focus in on is move up Sunday. And it's when our kids are becoming another year older or, um, you know, they're getting to move to their new classes. And so it's just a great time. And one of the things that we do prior to move up Sunday is we spend some time with some JV, um, our JV kindergartner kids that are going from kindergarten to first grade. And this is a big time for them because they're leaving our JV program and they're moving into our varsity program, which is our first through fifth grade programming. And while we talk to them about um, lots of things and celebrate this time with them, one of the things that we like to talk to them about is about just their salvation and the gospel message. And so I'd like to share the gospel message with you this morning. And for some of you, you may still be discovering who this Jesus guy is. And you may need, you know, this may, this may touch you in a way or help you make that connection. So I just want to encourage you just to, you know, you know, you might have some friends that, you know, might need, you could share this with. And it'd be a great way to help them understand um, the love of Christ for them. So as we get started, the, there is, um, excuse me for one moment, I forgot the most important piece. I was keeping them safe so nobody would hurt them. Sorry. So this morning, one of the main components of our gospel message is, is God. And as you can see, this nice white egg here, is not, it's not cracked. It's just perfect. And that's how God is. It's how we view God. As perfect and holy and he, he's the one that we, come, that we want to come to. So we're going to put God in heaven. We're going to lay him down here. It's kind of how he started out, like in the manger. So, so he doesn't try to go around there. And then we have two more. And these, these represent us. And as we, as we go through life, there's times in our life that we find ourselves getting to a point where, you know, we've heard about God, we've heard about the things that he's done, and we're just like, man, I want to I wanna go. I want to know more about him. I want to be on that journey like others are. So we start going, and we're trying to get to God. And kids, you all know that sometimes we struggle, right? Like with listening to our parents and being obedient while we're on this journey to try to get to God. And then we get to the point and we find ourselves in a situation where we weren't listening or we had trouble listening to our parents and 
oh, we, fall, we fell short, and we, couldn't for, we were trying to get to God. And then adults, you know, sometimes we walk in our life, and uh, Sean shared earlier that in my own personal journey, I grew up in a very strong Christian home, and at an early point in my life, I decided that, you know what, I don't know about God, I'm going to walk away. But fortunately, I came back, and my life has been forever changed. But there's still times on my journey that um, as I'm walking along, and I'm really seeking God, I'm trying to get to him, I still fall short. And I wonder, like, why? Why? I just want to be over here with you, God. I just want to be there. So in this in this place here of us going and trying to get to God, we have this, this brokenness. Why do you think we're at this place of brokenness? What's missing? And why is it missing? What keeps us from getting to God? Sin. The sin in our lives. And God tells us that <clears throat> with the sin in our with the sin. In our lives, that's what keeps us from him. But he wants us to keep pursuing and pursuing him. Romans 3.23 says that for everyone has sinned and that we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Because we have sin in our life, we can't get to God. And here is what it looks like if we do try to get to God on our own. We fall short and we're broken. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And this, down here, would be a really sad illustration of life if it ended there. But through God's grace and God's love for us, he gives us the story of salvation and of the cross. And in John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. No one comes through the Father except through me. So now here we are. We want that relationship with Christ. So we start on a journey start on a journey. Sometimes it takes a little while for us to get there. Sometimes it's a lot, it's faster than others, but it's okay because that's the beauty of it, that we all move on our, this journey to God at a different pace. But John three sixteen also says, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son and that whosoever believeth in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. So I just want to encourage you guys with that today, that no matter where you are on your journey, God loves you, he's whole, and he's perfect. And no matter how many times you fall short of his grace, just know that by the, his salvation and what he did for you on the cross, you can always come back to that. He loves us. So in children's ministry, we, obviously, we like to break eggs and, you know, 
make all kinds of fun messes and have a good time with each other. Um, not only in children's ministry do we focus in on our uh, JV kindergartners around this time of year, we also have another big milestone happening during this time. Our fifth graders are leaving children's ministry and they're heading to student ministries for in sixth grade. So I, um, do we have any kindergartners that are going into first grade? Go ahead and stand up. We want to recognize you this morning. And also, any of our fifth graders that are going into sixth grade and transitioning into student ministries, if you would stand as well, we would love to recognize you and just um, celebrate you this morning. And I know that for you guys, I speak on behalf of all of our coaches when I say how much of a pleasure it is to walk this journey of Christ to you and to bring, be able to just do life together. And we enjoy that. And I, we want to send you with a special blessing this morning. So if you all will bow your heads, I'd love to pray for us and pray over you guys as well. Father, I thank you for the amazing gift of your salvation. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sins, that we may have eternal life. I thank you for children's ministry and every child that we get to come alongside in their journey with you. We ask that you continue to guide each of the parents, grandparents, family, and friends of each of these children. We pray that each of these children would always have strong guidance and mentors that will point them to the cross. As we celebrate milestones this morning in their lives, I pray a special blessing over each of them and that they would always feel your presence and know your love. Amen. Oh good, I'm not too late. My name is Galen, and welcome to the pages of my comic book. I'm working on creating my own superhero, and her name will be, ready for this? Deja Vu-er. Have I told you this already? Did I tell you conviction is standing for what's right even when others don't? Did I tell you that when she turns this glass, she disappears? Oh good, I'm not too late. My name is... Wait a minute. What's happening? I'm doing the same thing over and over again. That's not how this thing is supposed to work. In today's story, we'll see what happens to Daniel when he does the same thing over and over again for years. It's pretty miraculous, and I ain't lying. Because there are lions in the story. Get it? Okay. Lame joke. I'd better start over. To be continued. Well, this summer in Varsity, we've been discovering about the, what the Bible has to say about conviction and standing for what's right, even when others don't. Lots of people have conviction, but often when they act with conviction, they come, they come across as being arrogant or smug. But that's not what conviction is about at all. And it's about what a person... It's not about what a person thinks is right, because it's too easy to become convicted of the wrong thing. Conviction has to be rooted in something deeper and more dependable, than a personal opinion. It needs to be rooted in scripture and what God says is right. 
And often it's not even just standing for something that's right. It's also about standing for something that's right in the right way. And that takes some practice, especially because standing for what's right and showing conviction may not win any popularity contest. That's why this summer we're taking a look and helping our kids understand a little bit more about what conviction is. And that conviction is standing for what's right, even when others don't. Let's take Jesus for an example. Even for Jesus, the Son of God, it wasn't, the, wasn't always the popular thing to do or for him to do the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing meant happy, hanging out with tax collectors. I know I wouldn't want to hang out with them. Or maybe blessing the little children. And we all know that story, how everybody wanted the children to leave and God said, no, let them come. Or even when it came to forgiving someone for something that they had done that was really wrong. But no matter what it was, Jesus needed to do it. And he did it because it was the right thing to do. But doing the right thing often made Jesus stand apart from some of the rich and powerful people. They, they didn't like what he was doing or saying, but Jesus never let those crowds persuade him from doing what was right. God, his father, wanted him to do this job, and he stuck to it. Even when it meant going to the cross to die, Jesus knew it was the right thing to do it, and he did it. Jesus was able to live with conviction because he knew the will of his father. And that gave him the strength and the courage. In the same way, God has given us the ability to know what is right and the ability to do it. You see, when you are fueled by God's character, we will stand up for the things that matter to God. So this week, we're going to finish our journey through Daniel's life with probably his most famous story of all time. Does anyone want to take a guess at what Daniel's most famous story is? Go ahead, yell it out. Yes, Daniel and the lion's den. Daniel had been through so much this far in his life, and he had been captured and taken away from his homeland and taken to this foreign land. He got a job advising for the foreign king, he interpreted dreams, and then he translated some mysterious writing on the wall, too. And now Daniel was working for a new king named Darius, and things were going great. Daniel was doing such a good job that King Darius was making plans to put Daniel in charge of the entire empire. That means that Daniel would be making all of the important decisions and would be in charge of all the other advisors and officials in that kingdom. Well, this was great news for Daniel, but not so great news for the other officials. They were jealous of Daniel, and they didn't want him to be promoted. In fact, they started looking for a way to get Daniel in trouble with the king. Maybe they could find some way that had been that he had been doing a bad job. Or maybe he had made a couple of mistakes and caused some problems in the kingdom. Or maybe he spent a bunch of the king's money on useless things. Maybe, just maybe, 
They could find proof that he'd been talking bad about the king behind his back. Well, that would surely get Daniel fired. But guess what? Daniel hadn't done any of those things. Daniel was faithful. He was responsible. And he was completely trustworthy. These other leaders realized they would have to come up with some other way to get Daniel in trouble. They knew Daniel followed God faithfully. And they knew that Daniel prayed to God three times a day. Every day. And then they had this idea. The idea that would solve all of their problems. And the idea sounded like this. Exactly. Well, that'll make sense in a moment. So these evil advisors and officials came up with an elaborate plan that would get Daniel into trouble for praying. Can you imagine getting in trouble for praying? Mm. So they went to King Darius and talked about how great they thought he was. They told him he was so great that he should sign this new law, a new order. The new royal order or law would state that for the next 30 days, the people of the kingdom could only pray to King Darius. And if someone prayed to anyone or anything besides King Darius, then they would be thrown into the lion's den as punishment. <laughs> now, King Darius, he didn't know they were trying to trick him. He thought they were trying to be nice and celebrate how great of a king he was. Foolishly, King Darius put the order in writing and signed it, making it official. And that meant no one, not even the king himself, could change the law. Well, the news spread throughout the kingdom about this new order, but Daniel, he knew that the only way to pray was to the one true king, and that's to God. He knew it was wrong to pray to a human being, even if he was a king. But Daniel, he didn't panic, and he didn't run away. He had conviction, and he knew that he needed to keep praying to God because it was the right thing to do. The Bible says that Daniel went home and prayed in the upstairs room, just like he had always done. You see, praying was Daniel's habit, which was a really good habit to have. Daniel needed God's help in asking him for it. Daniel didn't try to cover up what he was doing. Anyone looking through his open window could see that he was praying. Well, you can probably guess who spied on Daniel at his house to catch him praying. Yep, it was those advisors and officials that had planned this whole thing. They immediately went to the king and reminded him about the royal order he had just signed. They told the king that Daniel had broken his decree and he must now be thrown into the lion's den. But the king wasn't angry that Daniel had broken his royal decree. Instead, the king was worried about Daniel. 
He knew that Daniel was a righteous man, and he realized that he shouldn't have signed that decree. He spent the whole day trying to think of some way that he could save Daniel from the lion's den. But sadly, the order could not be changed. The evening, that evening, the advisors, they came back to the king of reminding him of what the royal decree said and that it could not be changed and that Daniel must be punished. But because he didn't have a choice, King Darius gave the command for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the lion's den. But before Daniel was thrown in with the lions, King Darius said to him, You always serve your God faithfully, so may he save you. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And then the stone was placed over the entrance and sealed so that no one could come and rescue Daniel. King Darius went back to his palace and he worried about Daniel. I'm sure he wondered if Daniel was already dead or maybe eaten by the hungry lions. The king didn't eat that night, and he surely could not sleep either. But how could there possibly be any hope for Daniel? Very early the next morning, the king was out of bed and rushing to the lion's den. He had to know for sure if Daniel was dead or if by some miracle... He was still alive. He called out saying, Daniel, you faithfully serve the living God. So has he been able to save you from the lions? I don't know if the king truly expected to hear anything in response. But then he did hear something. From within the lion's den, he heard Daniel say, My king, may you live forever. My God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions. They haven't hurt me at all, because I've done nothing wrong in God's sight, and nothing wrong to you either. God had rescued Daniel, and King Darius was overjoyed. They lifted Daniel out of the lion's den, and there wasn't a scratch on him. Darius was so impressed and so happy that Daniel was safe, that he made a proclamation to the entire kingdom. You can read what he said about God in Daniel chapter 6, verses 26 through 27. Listen to this. He is the living God. He will live forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. He has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Daniel knew the right thing to do. And he had the conviction to stand up for what was right. He only prayed to God. As for the evil advisors and officials that tried to get rid of Daniel, well, Daniel didn't have to worry about them anymore. Because when King Darius realized what they had done, he gave the order for those evil men to be arrested and thrown into the lion's den. And the lions, they sure didn't go hungry that day. It took a lot of courage for Daniel to do what was right while he was facing such a horrible punishment. But something that helped him 
to have conviction was the fact that he already was in the habit of doing what was right. Daniel prayed every day. That means he was doing what was right day after day after day. And that's what our bottom line tells us today. Get in the habit of standing up for what is right. Standing up for what is right won't always be easy. But if we get in the habit of doing what is right every day, then it will be easier to stand up for what is right when the tough situations come. Let's check in with Galen this morning and see how she's making out with her comic book. Oh, good, I'm not too late. My name is Galen, and welcome to the pages of my comic book. I'm just kidding, I'm back in real time. I think. <laughs> you ever wonder why your parents want you to do the same things over and over again? Like brush your teeth after every meal, or look both ways every time before you cross the street? Take your vitamins, make your bed, clean up after yourself. The reason why you do these kinds of things over and over again is so that they can become a habit. And once something is a habit, it's easier to remember. And if you have good habits, you'll most likely be healthier, safer, and you'll have cleaner teeth. Some good habits help you on the outside, but Daniel got in the habit of talking to God every day, which can be something that helps us on the inside. So try it. Pray every day. Pick a time that's best for you. When you first get up, when you go to bed, when you sit down to eat, 2.27 p.m., whenever. Pick a time you can remember so it can become a good, strong habit. Another good habit for you is reading your Bible. I think you should read your Bible at least a little every day. It can be a whole chapter or just a verse. Just take the time every day to fill your mind with some wisdom from God. If you need help on where to start, Ask your small group leader or someone in your family. When you're in the habit of talking to God every day and reading about God and his son every day, it can help you know how to stand for what's right every day. And that's the one thing to remember today. Get in the habit of standing for what's right. And don't wait. The time to start working on these habits is now. Hmm. Must be broken. Oh, good, I'm not too late. My name is Galen. Shazam! So have you ever had that, those times in your life when, you know, you realize that you have these habits and you constantly are doing these habits and sometimes we even have those activities in our life that we just, you get used to doing it. It's kind of like a sports activity, you know, where you know that you got to have, I'll use, I'm very familiar with the sport of lacrosse these days. So you know you better have, and we have a goalie, so we know we better have pads, we better have a mouth guard, we better have a helmet, and we surely should have a stick to leave the house. And most oftenly we forget the water. But... You know, you get in the habit of grabbing these things, and it ju you just keep doing it over and over and over. How many of you have those types of habits, and you can relate to that? Yeah, I think we all can. And then sometimes, and I won't make you confess to this or anything else, just be thinking about it. Sometimes you have habits in your life that maybe 
they're not the best habits. And that maybe they kind of keep you, they pull you further from where you want to be on your journey with God. Kind of like when we saw with the eggs today, you know, that we're going along with life. Here we are. And this poor guy here, he's upset because he's trying so hard to walk this journey with God. And he loves God, but he still is struggling. And sometimes he falls. I won't mess up anything here now. But sometimes he falls and he feels broken. But guess what? That's what we learned. That God, he's holy and he's pure and he sent his son to die for us. He sent his son to die on the cross so that we can have that salvation. So that when he's calling us to back to him, that we can have the habit of always looking towards him. I know that all of us find different ways to connect with God. Some of us do it through worship. That's mine. I love to spend that time in worshiping God and feeling that connection to come back to him. Some of us do it in the quiet. Some of us do it through devotional or prayer time, just like Daniel did. But it's getting in the habit of doing it day after day after day. But not being so hard on yourself that if you fall, you just got to come back to the cross and leave it at the cross. And that when those times hit, like we saw with Daniel, in those hard, hard times, God promises that if we have those great God habits, he'll remain faithful all the time. All the time, God is good. And he'll save you. As we close, let me just have us bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for the way that you pursue us, that you pursue our hearts, and that you've intertwined and you've made every part of our being, and that, God, no matter whatever it takes, God, that we will follow you, that we'll have and we'll keep going day after day, developing the great habits that will point us back to you. I thank you, Father, for your amazing love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, today was a good day to uh, get a get a handle on what, what happens every day in children's ministry and the fun they have and the great videos they watch. And uh, today, uh, this morning, uh, maybe you want to respond, and this is your opportunity to do so, and to respond by taking out your response card. And uh, maybe God's maybe God's put some on your heart as a habit that you need to get into. And maybe you just need to t- involve God in an existing habit, something you already do. And you just need to involve God in it so that you can have a good moment with God. Like when I run, I think about praying because I've attached those two habits together. And so I always run. And now it's become an experience that I have with God. It's not just something extra. God's involved in it. And it's been good for me. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Maybe there's something way we can pray for you in that. And that's your response today, to write on your response card, please pray for me about this habit. Maybe today you feel like one of the eggs and you feel like, you know what, I have been trying to get to God and I've been falling and getting broken. And you realize that you can't do it on your own. I mean, it is hard to do the right 
thing. It is hard to stay connected to God. And if you've ever, if you've ever had kids and you had kids that are small, you know the one of the first words they learn, right? What is it? No. Why? Because they've heard it so often, right? Because it's hard to naturally do the right thing. And that's where the power of God comes in. That's why Jesus came, is to give us the power to do the right thing, to give us the power to be connected to God and have his power in our life. And that's the invitation to you this morning. So maybe this morning, that's your response to say, I need to be connected with God. I need to make a commitment to him. I need to follow him. I need his power in my life. We'd love to pray with you and help you on that journey too. And for some of you, here's the last response I have for you today. Um, During our second service during this next year, um, those JV kids, those young kids that are so adorable and so cute and probably have that word no down really well in their life, they need a foundation to begin to do what's right. And to have that foundation, they need some adults who will come alongside them and invest in their lives. And what benefits you in this journey is not just that you get to invest into their lives and to see God do amazing things through them and see their eyes light up when they learn that God's not mad at them, that God wants a relationship with them. You don't just get to be part of that. You get to be a part of Melissa's team and have Melissa invest into your life. You get to take a couple hours every week. And as you're telling the story of Daniel, guess what you're learning? The story of Daniel and how much God loves you. You're getting to be a part of that too. You might go, I don't know if I know all the answers. You don't have to because as you do it, God will empower you as you lean into him and you lean, Melissa leans into you and blesses you and helps equip you for that. So here's what I'm praying, that two or three of you will be willing to do that this coming year and say, you know what, a couple times a month, a couple hours a week, I'd be willing to do that. That's not that much, but God, if God could use me in that way, I would love to help that happen. And so if you're interested in that, you can just write Check Children's Ministry or just come talk to Melissa, and she'll give you more information about it. It's not a commitment to talk to Melissa, but I'm sure after you talk to her, you'll be glad that you get in. So I encourage you to take the time now as the worship team plays, as they begin to encourage us to lean into God and to lean into his power. I encourage you to ask God, God, what do you want from me this week, and how are you challenging me?